Welcome to another exciting episode of Feasting at the Table with Grace Tom Lawyer. Feasting at the Table is a Bible study program that seeks to apply the truth of God's word to our everyday life. It is a feast and so there's something for everyone. Get ready for a fresh, anointed and timely word from God. You're welcome once again. Thank you for joining us. I am Grace. What a pleasure and what a delight. We are back in our studies and we are looking at the book of Roots. We are studying Roots, the barrier breaker. We've been looking at the life of Roots, considering the week six that she had that made high barrier breaker. And we are saying that if we are going to be barrier breakers, which is something we learned at the very beginning of this study, God is interested in us being the barrier breaker. He's the ultimate barrier breaker. He has gone ahead of us to break barriers and he wants to break barriers in our lives. He wants us to break barriers in our lives, not to be held back by anything. And so today is the third deposit of our study. Last week, we, we learned several things about Ruth. We looked at Ruth chapter 1, verse 6 to 16, and we were considering the decisions of Ruth, the decisions of Naomi, and the decision of Opa. We said that three people made a decision that although the decision of Naomi was good, the motive wasn't good. The reason why she was returning was because she heard that there was bread, and she was accompanied by two people. Well, we saw that even as they went on the way that led to the road to Bethlehem, one of them turned back. I would say that there are many times we make great decisions, but we make the great decisions with the wrong motives. And sometimes even after making the great decision, we are not on the road of the decision. We said it's not enough for us to make the right decision. We need to be on the path of that decision. We need to be right there on the path, going on that path to ensure that where we're working will lead to where we want to live. And one of the first things we saw there was we saw in the life of Ruth that a barrier breaker is somebody who is committed. That was the first characteristic. A barrier breaker is somebody who will go the long haul. It's someone who has considered the cause. They don't just get up and do anything. And they don't just do anything because, oh, they just want to please the people. No, they take a commitment. When they take a commitment, they've counted the cost to the commitments that they have taken. And we saw that um, as they went on in that journey, Opa did not go anymore because, you know, Naomi said to her, gave her some statistics just for her to remember. At the time she finished, guess what? Opa went back. And we said that one of the things that happened, even before that leaving, one of the things we learned, a principle from Naomi, is the life of even being able to bless the people. Even when the people leave our vision, she was saying to them, you can go back. But she was blessing them. She was saying, may you find rest in another, in a husband's home. She was there to bless them, not just because they were following her decision. Yes, they are not following her decision again, but she bless them. And I want to thank God for the life of Naomi because we learned some things from her. We also said that Naomi was someone who respected the decisions of others because by the time she spoke, she tried to persuade Ruth to, as it were, go back with her, her daughter, with her sister-in-law. But Ruth said, no, she was not going to go back. She was going to go the long run. We said that Naomi was somebody who respected the decisions of others and we should be able to expect the decision of others. That was in verse 18, that when Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she said no more. But And then we read that very wonderful prose of Ruth where she said, do not um, tell me to leave you where you go, I will go. You know, your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die. Where you're buried. 
I will be buried. And may God do so to me if, you know, nothing but death separates us. One of the things we said last week was we looked at the fact that all the things that Naomi brought as it were as obstacles, saying, listen, I don't have anywhere to lay my head. You know, I'm going back to my people and all of that. Ruth contacted all of that. And we said that is the, the bane of God. That is the bone of a committed person. That if we're going to be barred because we have to be committed to our decision. Today, I just want us to, to look again because this was something that didn't see initially when I was doing this study or when I was preparing as it were for that women's conference. But as I began to look through to write notes, I, I began to look again at the statement of, of Ruth. I began to see some things because I was like, it's one thing to say, oh, buyer bakers are committed, but what are they committed to? What are those levels that they have to pass to be able to actually be committed fully? Because sometimes several things keep us from commitment. And I want to say that as I looked at that whole process of Ruth that we usually recite, I realized that in there, there were things that Ruth were saying that we normally encounter that would stop us at its way from being committed. So let's turn our Bibles this morning, this, this day, even let's turn our Bibles now. Let's see. Let's turn our Bibles again to Ruth chapter one. I want us to look at that, those verses more carefully again. So we're turning our Bibles and Ruth is in the Old Testament. It's in between the book of um. It's in between the book of Judges and in between the book of First Samuel. So let's go to Ruth. And we're just going to go to Ruth chapter 1. And we're going to look at what Ruth said to Naomi again. So let's turn our Bible. So this is Ruth chapter 1. And I'm going to read um, from verse 16. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you leave, I will leave. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die and there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything more death to separate us. So we see here that Ruth began to say, listen, wherever you go, I will go. And as I began to look at that, I remembered something in the book of Psalms, where in the book of Psalms chapter 1, where the Bible starts t- talking about the man that fears the Lord. So I saying that, listen, this is the man that, you know, he will only go to the places that please God. He says he walks not in the counsel of the of the of the ungodly. You know, he, he does not sit with them. He does not stand, you know, he does not work in the council of God. He does not even sit with them. There's a progression of the things this man in Psalms chapter 1 will do. And what he's saying here that, listen, wherever you go, I will go. And when you talk about going, I'm te- we're, we're talking about location. You know, location will not be a hindrance. I believe that that was what Ruth was saying. That if you want to be committed, then location is not going to be an, a hindrance. And thank God for these days, because most of the things we do these days are now virtual can sit down in one place and affect people in another community in a whole different city. But Ruth is saying that, listen, your location is not going to change my commitment. If we're going to be committed people, there were people who are not going to who are not going to, as it were, change our commitments because of location. We're not just going to, oh, I'm, I'm not going to that church again. Oh, I'm going to, the, I think we go to the closest available church close to us for convenience and all of that. But is that where God wants us to go? Or are we just doing that, you know, for convenience sake? Are we, are we not able? Because I mean, Ruth, Ruth could have said, ah, please, now that you're living, now that you're living more, that's the end of our relationship. But no, she said for her to be committed, she did not allow the barrier of location to change, to change her commitment. She did not, because I mean, in those days, there was no social media. There was no, there was nothing. If she was going to work with Naomi, if she was going to be with Naomi, she had to follow Naomi physically to where Naomi was going to. If we're going to be committed people, we're going to be people who are not going to be limited by location. We're not going to 
to allow location to limit us. Once we see, ah, it's power, that's the end. No, we wouldn't do things like that. Our commitment will be irrespective of location. When we make it, when we make a decision to say, this is what we will do, no matter how the things turn out or pan out, we are going to follow it fully. So I think that that's something we need to look at when it comes to, when it comes as it were to, um, to meet commitment. And I want to say here also that to meet commitments and to meet commitments in the place of location is going to take sacrifice. So I tell you that a person who is going to be committed has to have the discipline of sacrifice. Because guess what she said? She said, wherever you go, I would go. That was sacrifice. Wherever you go, I will go. If we are going to be committed, because we're talking about because we need to be able to make sacrifices. We need to ensure, we need to know that sacrifice is a part of being committed. If we're having commitments that are not, if that is not involving sacrifice, guess what, child of God? Is, is, is it that possible that we're actually not fully committed? If we are going to be fully committed, there is going to be a need for sacrifice. So when Ruth was saying, wherever you go, I will go, it was a matter of sacrifice. Glory to God and the highest wherever you go i will go that meant sacrifice the second thing she said she said wherever you dwell i will dwell i don't know if we've looked at that very closely as in if you're going to sleep under the bridge i'll sleep under the bridge and if that's where you're going to because there's one thing to go there's one thing to dwell to dwell means that that's going to be a permanent location to dwell means that this is going to be where we're going to be sleeping so if we're going to be sleeping under the bridge that's what i'm going to do and guess what that is child of god that is being able to move beyond comfort you know, being able to move beyond comfort, that is the discipline as it were of, of passing the test of comfort. That, that was what Ruth was saying, that if we're going to be committed people, we have to pass the test of comfort. We have to pass the test of comfort. That's the test, first of all, of sacrifice. Yeah, the discipline of sacrifice. And here we come again here to the discipline of the test of comfort. Say, wherever you go, I would go. If we're going to be committed people, guess what, child of God, apart from having that discipline of sacrifice, we have to have that discipline. We have to pass the test of comfort. The next test that a committed person is going to pass is the Told and said, Your people will be my people. Glory to God in the highest. And I know that we might say this catcher, but child, when we say your people shall be my people, it means that Ruth was identifying with Naomi's people. It means that Ruth was identifying because it's one thing, you know, when it comes to working and doing whatever God has called us to do, apart from location. Apart from the physical location and things like that, we're going to have to work with people. There's nothing God calls us to do that does not involve our working with people. And Ruth is saying here that your people will be my people. And guess what? Ruth was going to a place where she was going to be a foreigner. Ruth was going to be a, going to a place where people were perhaps going to look at her in a certain way. Where people perhaps are going to say, hmm, who is this that has come here? Who is this that has followed Naomi? We don't really know her. And what, what about her? Oh, the Moabites, they used to be our enemies before. Why is she here? She used to be, you know, her, her ancestors were uh, were our enemies. Guess what? Her, in short, her very, very first ancestor, um, Lot, slept with his daughter. She's a child of incest and all of that. They know her history and they might be looking at her in a different way. And guess what Ruth is saying? Ruth is saying, your people shall be my people. Child of God, if we're going to pass the test, if we're going to be committed people, we need to be people who have passed the test of the opinions of others. We have passed the test of working with people. Hallelujah. We need to be able to work with people when it comes, you know, we have to have 
have the discipline of community, the discipline as it were to work with people, to, to, to love people, to go with them, to love people, to pass the test of relationship, the test of being misunderstood. Hallelujah. Glory to God in the highest. Yes, that's it. If we're going to be committed, because sometimes we say, oh, be committed, be committed. No, for us to be committed, how are we going to be committed? What are the things we're going to face? We're going to face people who will misunderstand us. We're going to face working with people. Even the Bible tells us in the book of Romans, say, do all within your power to be at peace with people. But it's not everybody that's going to be at peace with us. Some people are not going to be at peace with us as we go about our commitments. Some people would expect us to do a certain thing. I'm sure that there's some people who expected that Ruth should stay over in Moab. Ruth should stay with her brothers and sisters. Ruth should stay where her parents were. Why is she going with Naomi? You know, that, that's that's it. That's something. But Ruth said, listen, your people will be my people. Because when she's saying to Ruth, when she's saying to Naomi that your people will be my people, it means that she's turning her back to her own people. And that's what Naomi said to her. She said, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and her God. You see, and when it comes to people, the very next statement that Ruth makes, she says, well, guess what Ruth says? She said, and your God will be my God. Well, let's go back again. Let's retrace to your people will be my people. Because when Ruth is saying your people will be my people, Ruth is turning her back to her people. Ruth is turning her back to everything that she knows. Ruth is turning her back and, and facing forward to going to a place where she could be misunderstood. She's facing forward to going to a place where her actions could be misinterpreted, where she doesn't have any friend, where she doesn't have any people. Child of God, if we're going to be committed, we're going to be people who would rise against the approval of people. Hallelujah. We are going to be people who would rise against the approval of people. I'm not saying we shouldn't have the approval of people, but the approval of people is not going to be paramount in our life. It's not going to be the thing that, you know, before we do it, because sometimes, some, some, sometimes some of us stop the things that God has asked us to do just because we don't want to offend people. We are very sure that this is what God has said, but we're not doing it. Why? Because we don't want to offend A, we don't want to offend people. That's not what God has called us to do. That's not how God has called us to live our lives. God has called us to live our lives in such a way that it will please him. God has called us to live our lives in such a way that we will give him glory. God has called us to live our lives in such a way, you know, that we'll be doing the things that he has called us to do. And I tell you that with time, people will fall in place. In time, people will fall in place. People might reject us. People might not. Some people might never have the approval of some people. But the people that God has sent us to will eventually embrace us. Glory to God. They will eventually embrace us. When Ruth is saying, your people will be my people. She's turning her back to her people. And she's looking forward to a people that she's never met. If we are going to be committed people, we are going to be people who will pass the test of relationship. We are going to be people who will pass the test of working, the discipline of being able to work with people. That is one of the things that's going to help help us when it comes to commitment because we can't we, we, that we can't carry commitment fully on our own because it usually depends on other people we usually have to work with people god is people i mean the bible tells us that we cannot say we love god if we don't love man that we see so you can imagine there's a vital role that men play in the place of what god has called us to do there's a vital role that men play in the place where god has called us to do so passing the test of relationship passing the test of relationship making sure that we are in, in in that place, you know, where our commitment is above what people think, where meeting our commitment is more serious than, you know, listening to other people, listening to what people say, having the approval of people. He said, my, your people shall be my people. I'm ready to identify with you. And the fourth thing she says here, if we're going to be committed, said, your God will be my God. 
If we're going to be commitment, there needs to be divine alignment. Your God will be my God. What is God to you will be my God. And the God she was talking about that time was the covenant God. She was talking about Yahweh. She was talking about God being her God. You know, she had come to a place where I tell you, child of God, if we're going to be committed people, we have to pass the test of idolatry. Hallelujah. Because sometimes as we're going about our commitment, guess what? It's possible that the work consumes us and the work becomes more important than more important than the God of the work. Because it's one thing to pass the test of, you know, working with people, the test of meeting people's approval. Do you know that sometimes the test that we might be, that we might be encountering then will be the test of idols, will be the test of turning what God has asked us to do to an idol. And which is saying, hey, listen, your God will be my God. I'm not just going to, you know, turn my back, you know, pass that commitment of people. I will pass that commitment. God will be my God. He will continuously remain God. He will be the one that will have the supreme position position. Everything that he has asked me to do, I will do. And the day he says, don't do this anymore. I will not do it anymore. I will not continue and say, ah, this is what I want to do. No, no, no. I will not do it anymore because he is God, because he's the one that runs the show, because I'm doing the things I'm doing because he has asked me to do them. And so when he says, stop, it's time to stop this. I would stop it. No matter how much I love it, I would stop it. Child of God, are we doing some things that God has asked us to stop? Are we doing some things that God has asked us to change the way we are doing it. Guess what? That could be a hindrance in our part of commitment. A barrier breaker is someone who is committed. And we looked, the first characteristics of barrier breaker that we looked at, we said that is the characteristics of being committed. And I just thought that before we move into the next characteristics, I, I just saw this again. I've not seen it. I mean, all the times I've studied the book of Ruth, I'd never seen it in this way. But I began to look at these things that Ruth said. I was like, wow, there is a lot here in what Ruth is saying. And the other thing she says is, she says, so she talks about your God will be my God. And that is be putting ourselves in the final commitment. That means that everything she's doing, Bible says that all that we do, we lay, we come for him, all things are naked before him. It means that what Ruth is saying is that, listen, all that I do and all that I am, I am doing it in the presence of one. I'm doing it for the audience of one. I'm doing it because of God. Your God will be my God. I've come to recognize this God. You know, I'm not going to be as it were, like my sister-in-law, who is going back to her people and her God, because there's a very, very, there's a very, very thick relationship between our people and our God. There's a, if we, I mean, if, if we grew up in certain homes, there are going to be certain gods we are going to serve. I remember someone saying to me, which day she was like, oh, something, someone saying to me that, oh, oh, you grew up in a Christian home. Oh, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. My mom used to visit, you know, the native doctor would do all the sacrifices that they required. There are things we could not do, things we could not eat and all of that. And I thought about it. I was like, wow, what a privilege. Because sometimes some of the things we have, we we take it for granted. We don't understand what God has done for us. But out of God, the Bible says here that Ruth said, listen, your God will be my God. If we're going to be committed, we're going to be people who would place ourselves in divine alignment, people who would pass the test of idolatry. Your God will be my God. Commitment, passing the test of idolatry where even that thing we are doing has not become an idol. And then let's see the next thing she said. He said, where you die, I will die. Hallelujah. Where you die, I will die. I begin to think, why is we talking about death? Because generally, we don't like to talk about death, especially if you're from where I'm from originally, African descent. We don't like to talk about death. Or like here in the West where people have to have funeral plans, make plans for their funeral. I mean, 
back then africa if you die ah, that's the end people are going to do the burial and all of that but here you have to plan and prepare for that and we're just talking about death here and saying where i die I, when you die i will die and as i began to look and consider this i said that was someone passing the test of legacy amen legacy i said listen beyond the physical beyond even when i'm here a commitment is going to be for us to be committed. We have to have legacy in mind. Hallelujah. We have to have the future generation in mind. We have to have the fact that we are not going to be here forever. And so whatever we're doing, it has to be something that will glorify God. It has to be something that will go ahead of us. Hallelujah. Something that will go ahead. It will go ahead. It will go ahead. Father, hallelujah. Lord, I love that. It says, legacy, wherever you die, I will die. And where you are buried, I believe she said so there i'll be buried i know those days people took a big significance to where they were buried it meant a lot to people where they were buried and the bible mentions a lot of things about the burial places of people glory to god that mentions a lot of things about the burial place it tells us when jacob was talking when jacob was talking he said oh that was where um, that was where um leah was buried you know the bible tells us oh where rebecca was buried it just tells us several things it tells us you know there's a time god was placing a curse on someone said oh this is yeah the last person that will be buried in the in the tomb the rest of the people will not be buried and burial places meant a significant thing as it were to people it meant a significant thing usually what does burial mean it means the end of something it says that listen at the the end of the commitment at the end of it all i will be with you it will still be a place of commitment i will still be in the place of commitment so child of god i i i i don't know what we think but i, I began to look at the life of roots a barrier breaker and as i saw this her first character i began to look i said this woman was a woman who although a bar- I, I, although the first character we're seeing here is the fact that she's a committed person we can see that there are levels there are things she did for her to actually be fully committed we said that wherever you go i will go she passed that test of location that test she was like the discipline of sacrifice wherever you dwell i will dwell you know the test of comfort you know she was there say your people will be my people community relationship so she passed the test of human relationship test of being misunderstood the test of you know relating with people if we're going to be committed we're going to be people who have to be able to relate to people we said she said your god will be my god divine alignment I said that where you die i will die she was someone who was committed to legacy that's in if we're going to be committed we need to see beyond ourselves and then wherever you're buried i'll be buried even at the end we'll still be people who will do that which we have committed to do so let's continue i guess wanted us to look at that before we go to the second characteristics of the barrier breaker so let's see what we can do today and let's go on because um, if we go further down Bible says so Naomi returned from Moab accompanied by her daughter-in-law Ruth the young Moabite woman they arrived in Bethlehem in late Bethlehem in late spring at the beginning of the barley harvest and I believe we talked about that the last time that these were people they entered into the harvest of others that God has a way of directing our steps that we don't have to receive everything that we have does not have to be our sweat that God has a way of bringing us to the place of the harvest of others. And we're going to see it's not just the harvest of others. God is not just interested in us as if we're just coming to loaf on others. Because as we look at this, we see principles here. Yes, they got to the place where they got, by the time they got to the place, some people had done the work. But guess what? They did work too. Ruth went on working. So let's see. Let's see what's happening to this barrier breaker. So we go to Ruth chapter 2. 
And I'm going to read from verse 1. Now there was a wealthy and influential man in Bethlehem named Boaz, who was a relative of Naomi's husband, Elimelech. I'm sure every single woman has heard about Boaz. Every single woman is waiting to find her Boaz. Most single women, let me not say every, because not every single woman is interested in getting married. Most single women are waiting to find a Boaz. And I mean, who doesn't want a Boaz who is wealthy? He's not just wealthy. He's an influential person in the right place, in the right location in Bethlehem. And guess what? The Bible says he's a relative of Naomi's husband, and that is a lot. That is something we're going to come back to. And the Bible says in verse 2 that one day Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go out into the harvest field to pick up the stalks of grain left behind by anyone who is kind enough to let me do it. Naomi replied, all right, my daughter, go ahead. And um, let, let me try to explain and put this thing in context because some of us might not understand what has happened here. But you see here that we, we see here Ruth, the Moab, uh, Ruth being, as it were, referred to as the Moabite. So you see, uh, you see how, you see there was this barrier. There was a cultural, there was a racial barrier that I told us the last time that how many times she was being referred to as Ruth, the Moabite in this book of Ruth alone. And we see her again in this place being referred to as Ruth, the Moabite. In short, in short, let me just say here that in 12 times, 12 times in the book of Ruth, you know, we see Ruth referred to as the Moabite. And five of those times, you know, she's referred to, we see Ruth, the, the name Ruth mentioned. And out of those 12 times, five of those times, she's referred to as Ruth the Moabite. We saw that in Ruth chapter 1 verse 22. And we're just going to see it here in chapter 2. In verse 2 and verse 21, we'll see her being referred to as Ruth the Moabite. And it's all pointing to the racial barrier, pointing to the fact that she's a foreigner, pointing to the fact that she came to the country as a widow, a widow. She came to the country poor. She came to the country just, you know, following through her decisions, not allowing circumstances as it were to stop her from leaving her decisions. And the Bible says that one day she came and she said to her mother-in-law, she said, oh, please let me go into the field and as it were, do something. I don't want to sit down at home. I don't want to be depending, as it were, on other people, depending, waiting for them to bring. I don't want to be a loafer. You know, that's something about a barrier breaker. Barrier breakers are hardworking. Barrier breakers are hardworking. And I will talk about that later. But I want to say something here because we say it. The Bible says that Ruth said, let me go. She said, please let me go. She was courteous. She didn't just get up and decide to go again as it were just go and do what she wants to do oh, after i have to do something no 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 no. she was cautious said to her brother because she said oh let me go but guess what she said she went to Ruth that she wanted to she said to Nami, her mother-in-law that she wanted to she said let me go and pick up the stocks you know that I left behind from the harvest because guess what they've come to a place by the time they got there guess what the pitch was harvest season the time for planting was over now people were harvesting and as people were harvesting there was some work to be done and Ruth was it was a engaged in doing the work but guess what she couldn't just go and collect the harvest why because she was not there when it was planted the people who planted it they are going to sell their harvest but the word of god makes us understand that there was a provision that has already been made you know a barrier breaker and i want us to see here there what, what was happening there actually was the fact that ruth understood what the word of god had said about the provision in god's word there was a provision in God's word. God was saying, to, God had said to the people that, listen, when you go, you know, God is very concerned about the poor. He's concerned about the widow. He's concerned about the foreigner. You know, God said to them that, listen, when you go and 
reap your harvest. Don't reap everything. If some things drop on the floor, don't collect it. Leave it there. And why did he say it should be left there? He said, let it be left there for the poor. Let it be left there for, for the foreigner. Let it be left there for the widow. So that if they come there and they see as it were, those things, they are going to be able to do something. They are going to be able to have something to eat. They are going to bless the Lord when they come. If you come there and you just see that some things have been left, guess what? You will collect those things. And I want to say here, I'm trying to check my Bible reference here. I want to say here, first of all, that for Ruth to get up to go and do these things, it shows as it were that she was someone who knew God's word. That was why she got up. She knew the provision of God's word. And because she was in a place of lack, you know, she knew God's provision that there was a provision for them that had been made barrier breakers if we're going to be barrier breakers child of god then we need to know the provision as it were that god has made for us because sometimes we're trying to break some barriers but we're refusing to make use of the several provisions that god has made for us sometimes a woman is trying is trying to get a baby and she's tried it naturally and that nothing seems to be happening but somehow she's she's stopping herself she's thinking oh if she goes to do ivf or she does surrogacy or anything like that perhaps that's not it but that's a provision here we see that would acted upon the provision of the word of God that has been made for her. I'm going to look for that in my references. I'm just going to look for that in my references because that's a very key thing. That was something that they were told in the Old Testament. There was something that they were told. They, they, they were told. They said, oh, do not take all. Do not weep all. So that there's something for the widow. There's something for the widow to use. And because there was something that was provision, guess what? Ruth went out to the provision of God for her. Ruth didn't just sit down praying, God, provide for us, provide for us, provide for us. She did something about what God was saying. She did something about what God had said. She did something about the provision of God. And child of God, if we're going to be bio breakers, I would say that we have to be diligent people. If we're going to be bio breakers, we have to be diligent people. It's not just enough to be committed. After being committed, we have to be diligent. We have to be hardworking. We have to be people who know hardworking both in the spirit and in the physical realm. It's because it takes a lot to be hardworking in the spirit. For you to know God's word, you need to read the word. You need to study the word for yourself. It's not just enough to get the word passed over to us. No, we need to study the word for ourselves. And because Ruth knew the provision in God's word, I'm going to find that in our next um, study. Because Ruth knew the provision of God's word, she was able as it were, to go about it. She was able, as it were, to go about it. And then we see the spirit in which she went about it. Just because this was what she wanted to do, just because what she wants to do is good. You know, just because what she wants to do is a great thing. She didn't just, you know, badge out of her mother-in-law like that. No, she said to her mother-in-law, please, can I go? That's a spirit of submission. But we are breakers are people who have a spirit of submission. They are submissive to authority. They are submissive to authority. Glory to God in the highest. They know how to Put themselves under people. They know how to put themselves under authority. Ruth didn't just get up and say, oh, that's what the word of God says. I'm going about it. No. She put herself under the authority of her mother-in-law. This was a full-grown woman. She could go, she have gone out and do, and do what she wants to do. But she said to her mother-in-law, please, can I go to do this? Please, I have seen the provision in God's word that we can get something as widows from the fields that others have harvested. But she didn't just walk away like that. She went to her mother-in-law and said, please, can I go? And then her mother-in-law gave her permission and then she went, child of God, if we're going to go far, if we're 
we're going to be barrier breakers. We have to be people who are under submission. We have to be people who are under authority, who are submitted to the authority that God has placed over us. And this authority differs in different places. There's authority in our family. There's authority in our workplace. There's authority in the church. So no matter the good thing we want to do, there's a place of submission to authority. There's a place of, is this how it is done in this place? That, that, that's, that's it. If we're going to be barrier breakers, because we're looking at the life of Ruth here. We saw in the very uh, last week, we saw that she is a committed person. And today we've looked at what it means to be committed, the things that we're going to pass through for us to be committed. We say we have to pass the test of location, you know, wherever you go, the test of sacrifice, you have to pass the test of comfort, wherever you dwell at grow. We have to pass the test of people's approval, depending on it. Then we have to pass the test of idolatry, where nothing but God is first. We have to pass the test of legacy, being able to ensure that the work that we're doing and leaves us. I have to pass the test of death because sometimes the things that we've been asked to do, we, we need to we need to have them in such a way that we, we don't hold on to them so tightly that when it's time to drop them, we don't drop them. Or even when they end, we, 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 we've not ended ourselves where our identity has been buried in that work. And then we start looking again today at part on other of biobreakers. We said that biobreakers are people who are diligent, who are hardworking, who would do something about God's word. They would take God's word and they would do their part. They were not just waiting for God to do something. God's word, I said, I'll provide your, your, your needs. I'll provide for you. Well, guess what? Ruth took God's word. Ruth took the provision of God's word that says that, listen, he's providing for them. And said to the, and God's word had said that, listen, those people who are harvesting fields, do not harvest everything. Live for the widows. Live, you know, for the foreigners. If anything drops, don't go back and pick it so that these people can come and glean after yourselves. And guess what, child of God? That was what happened. She she saw God's word. She saw the provision in God's word and she went about doing it. And because she went about doing it, she received from it. This is where we're going to stop today. We're going to continue in our next report, talking more about the characteristics of a barrier breaker. Hallelujah to God in the highest. Father, we thank you for your word today again. We thank you, God, for the things you are showing us. Lord, we pray that you grant us grace, Father, to be people who are indeed committed. Father, that will pass the test of sacrifice will pass the test, oh God, of comfort, will pass the test, oh God, of the approval of people and the approval of men, being able to work with people effectively, Father, that you be our God, Father, nothing will stand as an idol, Father, we pray also for ourselves. That God, that the work and the things we we'll do will outlive us, oh God, that indeed will leave a legacy, will work in such a way that there will be a legacy that will be left. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for these things. Thank you, oh God, Lord, because we live submissive life. Thank you because we are cautious people. Thank you, Father, that as we study being a barrier breaker, this characteristics from the life of food, Father, they will also be reproduced in our lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. We hope you have been blessed by the word of God today. We look forward to seeing you again next time on Feasting at the Table.